welcome to the podcast where we talk to guests about five moments in their lives they'll never forget. This is Backstory with Steve Legg. It's fabulous to have you with me today on the new show, where I bring together an incredible array of stars of stage and screen, stand-up comedians and magicians, writers and artists, leaders and entrepreneurs, to chat about the five significant times in their lives they'll never forget. It's great to have you here. And what a belter it is today, literally. It's Nigel Benn, the professional boxer who competed from 1987 to 1996. Nicknamed the Dark Destroyer for his formidable punching power and aggressive fighting style, he's ranked by BoxRec as the fourth best British super middleweight boxer of all time. Nigel served for four and a half years in the British Army and was stationed in Germany for three years, then Northern Ireland during the Troubles for 18 months. He comes from a sporting family that includes a famous cousin in the football world, Mr Paul Ince, who would often accompany Nigel to the ring for his UK fights. After his professional boxing career ended, he became an internationally recognised DJ. He later appeared in the first series of the ITV reality TV show, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Along the way, Nige developed a strong faith and now lives with his family in Sydney, Australia, where he has been studying theology, sports coaching and sports development. He's still active in the international boxing scene, mentoring, developing and training both amateur and professional boxers in Australia. And here he is. It's Nige. Yo, yo, yo. Hello, Steve. <laughs> How are you, buddy? Good day, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good day, mate. Good day. Good day. Very good. Long time no see. We used to gig a little bit, didn't we? We had very happy memories of touring the UK and yeah. having a prawn booner yeah. at yeah. two in the morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was true, mate. They were the good old days, Steve. Happy That's days. Funny saying that, the good old days. The good old days. <laughs> it makes yeah. us sound very old, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And we, and we are, and we are. Behave, speak for yourself. Are you 60 yet? Okay. Are you 60? No. I was going to say, yeah, I was 54 a couple of weeks ago, so there we go. You look good. Yeah, mate. I feel good. I feel good, mate. Just enjoying life. I'm actually living the dream in Australia. Yeah, you know, I, I, I couldn't, my wife could not pick, pick a better place. So I live in Australia. I, I, so yeah. ha, I was just going to say, have you been to the beach today? Have you had a barbie? I don't really go to the beach much, don't you know, don't really like sitting out in the sun, but no, it's, not, it's actually been raining today, so for all week it's going to be raining, so, but I don't mind, because I know it gets hot, when it gets hot, it gets hot. Oh, um, I don't mind, I like, I like having a lush grass anyway, so a bit of rain don't, don't do no harm. Lovely. Well, it's lovely to connect and we so appreciate you calling in from Australia. So, um, Five Memories, Nige, the podcast, we speak to people. So, um, I said in the intro at the top of the show about um, working, I'm sorry, being in the British Army, in the British Army. Can you tell us what that was like? Experiences there and memories? Well, well, well that, was, that was my number one, really, or well, my fifth one, where I would say, like, joining the Army was... It was the best move ever ever made, Steve. Because if I didn't join the army, two places I'd be either being in prison or six foot under. Wow! Or you know, and it was a, it wasn't my kind of 
life that I wanted, like the way my dad brought me out wasn't the way that I was, the life that I wanted. I wanted a bit more to life. And so my brother joined the army. So when my brother joined the army, I thought, you know what? I think that, that's not a bad move. So I joined the army, spent four years, 256 days in the army. Army number 246, uh, 4617, Fusilier Band, 1st Battalion Royal Regiment, Fusilier. <laughs> you never forget that number. <laughs> I bet. So um, um, you obviously learned discipline there, Nigel. And... That's where it started, Steve. That's where it started. Did you also start to box in the army, or were you boxing before that? Not really. I started really in the army. Okay, and you obviously when, when as a... I was seventeen. Oh, okay, and you obviously good at it from the beginning, yeah. Well, I was. Well, I did martial arts before boxing, Steve. I did martial arts, and uh, that's it. All started from doing the martial arts back in nineteen seventy-six. I was doing martial arts, wushu, kwan, and loga, Chinese kung fu, Chinese boxing. Oh wow! Did you have any scary times when you were in Northern Ireland? Well, yeah. Well, we had we lost um, five guys in a Balakeli bombing oh, where the when they packed, um, packed the car with high explosives, and they all went on a fishing trip. When they come back, they went, they went, went to bed at night, got up in the morning, tried to start the car, the van, sorry, and blew them all up, all five of them. Wow. Blew them all up. How do you cope with something you know, like that? They, they just keep your head down. Steve, that's all you do, you just keep your head down and go, well, and you know, you just, you know, you just, you, you just on like, alert all the time. Sure. Alert all the time, especially, especially, especially if you're black, I stick out like a sore thumb in the world, so you know what I mean? <laughs> Can't hide that, you know, so um, yeah, it, it, it was hard, it was hard. But it made you, it made a man of you, Nigel. Absolutely, 100% Steve. This is the Backstory Podcast with Steve Legg and friends. And this is a very good pal of mine, Nigel Ben, the boxer. Nigel, um, you mentioned how you got into boxing a little bit. You obviously became really good at it. It's somewhat of an understatement. Tell us about winning the world title. Well, well you know, to, to go and fight a guy called Doug DeWitt, who's been in with Tommy Herb, who's been in with all the best fighters in the world. And I had the opportunity to fight him in Atlantic City. That was like, um, oh my gosh, fighting at Atlantic City. Uh, I think it was at Donald Trump's hotel, you know, the Trump, at the Trump Plaza. <laughs> so, um, I can't, you know, so fighting, winning the world title in Atlantic City, it was um, just unbelievable feeling, unbelievable. Because I think at that time, we had one of the last person to win a world title was a guy called Alan Minter. And that was a long time ago. So, um, so to be the first one to bring the world title back on the, on the British shores, oh man, that was just remarkable. What a great feeling that was, Steve. What a great feeling winning a world title. Can you remember what it was like walking into the ring? Were you actually scared? Were you exhilarated? Uh, what did it was the adrenaline uh, kicking in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get you, you get it all the time. Whenever whenever you fight, Steve, you always have that kind of. Uh, uh, 
feeling that, that, that your, your, your heart's going like 100 miles an hour. You think, oh, it's, it's now. It's not like, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, or 15 or an hour or days or whatever. It's now. So you think, wow, this is happening right now. So you're, <laughs> you're geared up for everything. Everything's just buzzing in you. You're just, at that time I was 26, so I was like, I was just like, I just knew, I just knew I was going to be world champion. I just knew mm. from when I got in the ring. I knew because I knew I was clamping him hard. And at that time, we used to fight with eight ounce gloves on. They're like, you know, like the, the, what, the, the UFC, them little gloves. Mm. That's what it felt like, little pads on it. And I was banging him hard. And I knew he would not take the punishment. But he took it for like nine rounds. And I mean, I, I just knew, because when he knocked me down, and I must have thought, yeah, I thought, yeah, you might knock me down, mate, but I'm going to get up, I'm going to stop you. That, that was my old attitude. Sure. He couldn't do nothing to hurt me. He couldn't do nothing to hurt me. I just, I just, I was just so, so up for this fight, Steve. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. What a night. What a champion. Nigel Ben, what a champion. This is Lieutenant Colombo. And you're listening to Steve Legg's Backstory Podcast. The most fun you can have without a cigar and a trench coat. All right, I think I've bothered you enough today. I'll let you go ahead and listen. Oh, one more thing. Enjoy the show. And what a great show. Nigel Ben, the Dark Destroyer. Wow, what a mean guy. But I know you as a bit of a pussycat as well. You dug a pond for me in my back garden that was the talk of the town. You know what? <laughs> Seeing you stri- stripped to your waist wearing marigolds was a sight I will never forget. You didn't let me take any photos. You are a pussycat. You are a family man. Nice. Tell us about your kids. Yeah, I've got, I've got Dominic, got Shade, got Rene, got Harley, got Connor, got India, got Layla, got Levi. Flipping out, how many is that? Eight. Eight? Wow. Yeah, yeah. What is Christmas like in the the Ben household? That's expensive. No, they were were back in the day, but you know what it was? That was what Christmas was all about. Having all my kids living together. When when all my kids lived together, that's when I had like Dominic Shadow and Rene for my first marriage with Connor in India at the time. So we had like, you know, five kids all living together. And it was absolutely, what an atmosphere. Christmas was great. Sometimes you'd be there for about an hour waiting for them to open all the presents and all that. <laughs> but now as they get older, they only get one. You know what I mean? Sure. But um, yeah, it was, it was great. Christmas was great, especially with the kids. And someone sent me some old pictures of when Colin and India were like five years old. And I said, wow, what a great time we had when we all lived in England. Yeah, I, I love my kids, mate. They're, 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 they all keep me, keep me going, my kids, all of them. Every single one of them. You should be very proud. How did your kids cope with Daddy going into the ring to potentially get beaten up? No, but I, I think they, they didn't look at it like that. They they, look, they kind of saw everybody coming out asking for autographs and all things. And then they thought, well, Daddy must be something. Daddy must be, be, be a good person. Or they didn't understand. They didn't really understand. It's just like people asking, can I take a picture? Back in the day, so... Um, and my other daughter Charlotte, when she was like six, she would say, "Dad, 
taking taking me away from them. Sure. She didn't like it, Charlotte. I remember she didn't like it. But um, when I got a bit older, you know, it was all getting all lovely presents. I was kind of happy, <laughs> you know. You know, being, being, being famous, it, it has its ups and it has its minuses and it, and it has its pluses. You know, so, um, yeah, we'd go to all the premiere films, like, you know, Disney films. So, so you know, we had a good opportunity. You oh, know, totally. And they enjoyed it with me. Were you able? Yeah, were you yeah, ever yeah. able to get to parents' evenings or pick the kids up from school or drop them off? Oh, that, oh, listen, that every trip, all that didn't change when I was in England. That didn't change. That was like you know that, that was it. That was picking up school, parents' day. I always at school, always, Brilliant. always. That was there. I was always there for them. We didn't. We didn't have no. We didn't have no nannies or anything. Me and my wife done it herself. We didn't have no nannies. The only people that would like, look after the kids were like Caroline's mum or my mum. But we didn't know we didn't have no nannies. Brilliant. Not at all. Proper hands on night. Yeah, well I learned that from my dad and mum. They had seven they had seven boys. So it was hard. Back in the fifties and the sixties, it was hard for them to my dad can cope with seven boys back in the fifties and the sixties. Why can't I do it in the nineties? Totally. You're listening to the Backstory Podcast with Steve Legg and friends. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the memories. So, Nigel, tell us about meeting the love of your life, your beautiful wife, Caroline. Oh, well, listen, it, it was so funny. I went to a club called Stringfellas. Everyone heard Stringfellas back in the day. Yeah. And uh, I thought it's got lovely woman. Lovely girl, when she's only 20. And I, I thought, wow. And at that time, I used to sell roses, and I, and I gave her a rose. Are you and, smoothie. Uh, I just thought, yeah, no, it wasn't actually. I thought, well, I've got no chance of pulling her. <laughs> that, that was a tune in it, pulling her back in the day. And um, I just thought, I just, from the first time I met her, you know, I, there was something about her. I, I, I said to her, oh, I remember saying to her, go to the bar, write your number down. She went, no, you go to the bar, write your number down. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> she just turned it around. So, uh, she didn't see what's lovely about it. She didn't know who I was. Oh, wow. She, 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 she didn't know who I was. And this was because at the time I, I, I was in a relationship. When she found out who I was, Steve, she kept her relationship quiet for two years. She never told nobody because she didn't want her friends changing to thinking that she's with this celebrity. Or so she kept me quiet. Not me keeping her quiet. She didn't let nobody know she was seeing me. Sure. You know, and, um, and, and we went through a very kind of traumatic time the way I, the way I was. Because that time I was just a right idiot, to tell you the truth, Steve. It was, uh, you know, it was, it was hard for us. Through, through my from from my own making, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. You know, uh, but, uh, but she was the love of my life. From the first time I met her, I thought, wow, wow. It was like a mask, you know, this little mask with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Where you see her, uh, when he looked at the beautiful woman. What's oh, with the eyes come out, name? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was me when I, when, I, when, I, when I saw Caroline, man, just fell in love with her straight away. Unbelievable. We've been together now 
30 odd years in June. Wow, that's a long time, champ. What's the secret? You know what? Well, being honest with you, the secret is it's just like, you know, happy wife and happy life, as they say. But we went through. We went through a lot. We 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 persevered. We went through a lot, a, a lot of struggles, Stephen. It wasn't easy. And, and to answer, I could I could tell you the, the reason why we're there, but I, I'll have to tell you on the next part of the question, the next the fifth question. Leave us hanging. How, how, how we made it through. Leave us hanging. Yeah, I'll leave you hanging at this moment. In the latest bumper edition of Sorted magazine, big name exclusive interviews, Hollywood A-listers, TV adventurer Bear Grylls, inspirational true life stories, adrenaline-fueled sports features, all this plus gadgets, entertainment, motoring, movies and technology, plus probably the greatest team of Christian writers ever assembled. Available now from high street retailers nationwide or visit sortedmag.com. Sorted for men for life. I'm here with Nigel Ben, and he's been on the cover of uh, of Salty Magazine. Um, Long term friend, he's here. He's in, he's been teasing us. Um, we've been chatting about the army, winning the world title, kids being born, meeting Caroline. But he, he's kind of alluded to a glue that's held everything together in recent years. So I know what that is. Tell yeah. us about your faith coming to Christ. Oh my gosh, she just rose to the top. 
helping these women. And, and, and you know, she's doing a great job, a fabulous job. She's working all the time. It's all volunteer work. We don't get paid, but we just love doing this kind of work. And oh, helping men that are struggling with issues as well. So we're, we're happy. We're very contented living here. I wouldn't know where I, I wouldn't know where I'd be with, with that hill, so I'm telling the truth. Oh, that's amazing, so what would you say to people who think Christians are wimps? You're clearly not a wimp. No, I'm not. No, no. Well, you know, it's not about how strong you are. It's like someone, said, someone slaps you on the cheek, giving the other side also. Now, I'm still working on that one. <laughs> I'm still working on that one. But that's what we've got to do. We've got to humble ourselves. And you know what it is? How better do I feel where I, someone's right in front of me who's confronted me and I say whatever or, or apologise? I feel much more better than having anger inside me because that, that, that don't do no good for you. So, but, but it's all inside. It's all in, it's all in there, but I don't, don't ever want to be that person again. Them days are well and truly behind. I like living a peaceful life now. Nothing about how hard you are. I'm a wimp. I'm a wimp. I can take that. <laughs> I can take that. But one thing is, one thing is, don't touch my kids or my wife, and we'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the Backstory Podcast, where we remember the good times, the things you love, the things you are, the things you never want to lose. Nigel, it's been brilliant catching up again. We've missed you. You've got to come back to the UK. Lovely. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you. Let me ask you a couple of questions before you go. Um, what about Chris Eubank and you? Because, of course, Chris lives just down the road from me. Um, I've, a couple of years ago, you were talking about a possible rematch. Was that all press hype? Well, yeah, it was a lot of press hype. We, we were, we were going to think of fighting, and, you know, and, and, um, but, yeah, no, um, yeah. It's way, it's way beyond. We're, we've got a lot of work. We're going to be working together. In England. We do a lot of tours. We're going to do a lot of Q&A uh, when I come back to England. As soon as the COVID's over, then we'll be, we'll be working together again. Cool. So, you know, we'll always have a rivalry, just the way that we are. We'll always have a rivalry. If you said to me, do you fancy it, Nige? I'd, 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 I'd fight him at a drop of a dime. I'd fight him. Oh, it's, man. Just, it's just in us. We're, we're, just, we're just fighters. We're, it's just who we are. But, um, yeah, it wouldn't, even, it wouldn't even be about money. It's just a rivalry that we just got. Sure. Do you understand? Totally. Nigel Ben, what a legend. You've been listening to the Backstory Podcast with Steve Legg and friends. Catch you next time.